Have you ever arrived in a city and thought, I think I could settle down here? What if I bought a house here? And then started checking options for real estate in that city? Now, if you're someone who has traveled or lived in many different countries, thinking about when to settle down and choosing that place is not an easy decision. On the other hand, if you're someone who lives in your hometown or in another city nearby and got roots there with family, friends, then thinking about moving to a different place and settling down there might be scary. So when is the right time to settle down and how can we make sure we pick the right place? Hello everyone, my name is Adu and this is Expats Exposed, honest conversations with expats around the globe. This podcast is brought to you by ReadyGo Expat. For videos about life in different countries, interviews with expats and travel guides, go to youtube.com forward slash ReadyGoExpat. Hello everyone and welcome to the Expats Exposed podcast. This is episode number 30 where I'll be talking about where and when to settle down. My name is Adu, I'm an English teacher and also a content creator. I've been living in Bogota, Colombia for the past one year and four months. Prior to that, I lived in China. I was born in Brazil. And where am I gonna go this year? Am I gonna stay here in Colombia? Am I gonna move somewhere else? Well, <laughs> that is one of the reasons I am actually recording this episode because this is a topic that has been keeping me awake, like literally. I've been having some trouble sleeping lately, um, thinking about where to go, when when to settle down, or do I still want to keep this digital nomadish kind of life? Well, I am someone who has traveled to many countries around 30, if I'm not mistaken. I've lived in China, Brazil, now Colombia, two months in Argentina, um, and I don't know, because there are some places I get to, and I, I actually stop and think, could I, could I live here? You know, uh, the weather is nice, people are nice, you know, it's not that um, dangerous. I could, you know, perhaps see myself staying here and, you know, perhaps buying property in the future. Would this place be somewhere I could stay long term? And there are many factors to determine where and when to settle down. So... I'll try to go one by one here and also give my perspective on this topic and share some of the of my friends' thoughts here because I've also been discussing this with some friends and, you know, people, I'm 40 years old, I just turned 40, so I got friends, or, you know, late 30s, uh, early, mid 40s who are thinking about that as well, you know, um, is this place somewhere I would like to stay for long? Is there some, is this the place I would like to, you know, raise my kids um, so let's let's go through some of the topics and 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 I'll give you my opinion. So number one, something that I've learned is that the feeling of belonging doesn't make the place the perfect place to settle down. It is sometimes you know those places you get to and you're like, oh, I feel at home here, and this usually happens after what three to six months. And you're like, oh, yes, I, 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 I could see myself here. I feel like I'm part of the culture. I'm part of the community. And that doesn't make it the perfect place to settle down. Because if you are a, an expat, you know, an, an immigrant, you know, foreigner, digital nomad going to a place, it takes some time. But 
after six months, let's say, or a year or two months, uh, you might feel like that you belong there, but actually you feel like it's may perhaps it's not belonging, but it's actually like you know where to go, you know where you are, you kind of speak the language or you speak the language, you know, fluently and stuff. But because you feel like you belong to that place, in 10 years' time, in 20 years' time, 30, it's not gonna perhaps it's not gonna be, you know, the place to be because your your priorities now, your feeling of belonging now, of belonging to a place where you, yeah, you got friends, you can speak the language, you can know where to go out, you know where the best area in town is. It's it that doesn't make it the perfect place in 10, 20 years. So that also leads to actually number two, which is kind of the same. It's that your current priorities might not be your priorities in 10 or 20 years time. You know, things like things that you don't that that some people don't don't realize, like, let's say, you know, having good, how much does it cost to have good health insurance? This is something that people who are in their early 20s, early 30s might not even think about. And that is something that in 20, 30 years is going to be an issue if it's not already an issue for you. So your priorities now might not be the same in 20 years. So how can you foresee what your priorities are going to be like? Can we do that? How can we actually uh, try to uh, analyze that? You know, if, if we're talking about, you know, me when I'm 60, or when I'm in 10 years and I'm 50. So I don't know how to answer this question, but from my experience, after one year in in some countries I've lived in, I was already kind of bored or kind of annoyed because of the traffic, because of the 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 opportunities to like, you know, have a a quiet weekend or opportunities like like leisure activities, do stuff. If I got bored after one year in that place or two years, <laughs> that's not a good, that's kind of a red flag, right? So think about your priorities. What are they going to be like in 20 years? Number three, if you don't have the privilege of working remotely, then the place where you choose to live will highly be affected by job opportunities. So some people say um, they'd rather live, you know, in a quiet, remote town, you know, in a in a quiet area, far from a big city center, big, you know, big uh, the capital city and stuff. Um, but if you don't work remotely, then that is you're going to be affected by that because obviously, you know, depending on your on your field, like job opportunities are, are going to be closer to like big centers. So um, if you do work remotely like I do, I could live here in the capital of Colombia or I could live in the countryside with, you know, good internet connection, high speed. That's it. That's all I need. So definitely working remotely has become, you know, a reality for so many people. But if you don't have that privilege, then you definitely have to you, the place where you choose to settle down is definitely going to be affected by that. Number four is having a family or wanting, you know, to have kids in the future. So um, some countries offer excellent uh, public school system. Some countries um, give some benefits if you want to have your kids there and raise your kids there. And so 
that's definitely something you got to think about because I'm I'm here speaking from my own perspective, of course, um, but I'm on my own here in Colombia. So it's great to live in Bogota for now because, you know, I don't party every weekend, but every once in a while I want to go to an international restaurant, to a nice bar, to, you know, a, a quiet park as well. There's a, a, a park here, which is like the central park of Bogota called Parque Simón Bolívar. And that's that's nice. That It's nice, for you know, on the weekend to just go away for the weekend and spend some time in a town, in a small town. So that's important for me. But when you're thinking about kids uh, and your kids and the school system and the language they're going to learn, and and also if, if the country, like here, they speak Spanish, if your kids are from, you know, the UK and English is their first language, um, when they when they move here, you know, how is this transition going to be? Or if you want to have your kids here uh, and you also want them to learn English, and then how is that going to be? So these are, these are things that you got to think about as well. Number five, extremely important. What are your non-negotiables? So what are, what, are, what are the things that they're non-negotiable? Like you're not going to move to a place, for example, where it's extremely cold eight out of 12 months in the year. Okay, where it snows four out of 12 months, for example, or you're not going to move to a place where you feel unsafe, perhaps. So what's the cost of safety? How much does entertainment cost? You know, how much is entertainment? Um, when, I, when I say entertainment, I mean like, you know, leisure options. How much is that important for you? You know, there is an exercise that I learned with my, my therapist um, which is really important. It's about uh, putting everything on a piece of paper. Uh, how can I say, like, you know, two columns, pros and cons. Okay, that's stupid. I mean, obviously, that's something obvious you've heard. But uh, the good exercise is that inst not only do that, but for each pro and con, you got to give a score out of, you know, uh, up to 100. So that at the end you add up the scores, because for example, how much does how much is safety important to you? How much are leisure options important for you? How much is you know um, having your kids in a very good uh, school important to you? When you do that, you not only have the pros and cons and list with five pros and I don't know six cons, but you have the scores and then you add up the score and that's going to give you a better idea if that's the place or not to go. But your non-negotiables are really important. Sometimes we, we when I was in China, I was like, uh, th this is in the first three to four months, okay? I was like, wow, this is the safest place I've been to. And safety is something important for me. Uh, and China is the safest country I've ever been to. But what is the price for that safety? You know, um, there's a lot, you know, that... The cost, uh, the cost is too high to have that kind of safety. But that's another story. Number six is your budget. You know, um, I work for a Colombian American company. Actually, sorry, it's a Colombian company with, my, but we got American clients. Um, and honestly, with my budget today, I couldn't rent a studio in London. Perhaps in the outskirts. Well, I don't think so. You know. 
Um, so yeah, your budget is really important. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put London or New York in my top five list or top 10 list because it's just not possible. So, uh, a place that has been, that people have been talking a lot about is Portugal. You know, the, they, they actually, I think it was like two or three months ago, they, they launched their digital nomad visa. It's always on those lists of like best retirement destinations. Uh, the weather is nice compared to the rest of Europe, the food, the people, blah, blah, blah. But then that's definitely something important when you when you think about Portugal and what people say. It's cheaper than other Western European countries. But then rent has skyrocketed in the last, what, three, four, five, ten years. Um where, for instance, the minimum wage there is it's around 730, if I'm not mistaken, euros, 730. And a one-bedroom in downtown Lisbon is around 800 euros. So that's more or less what people get there. Um, so that's something that you got to think about. What's your budget? And from that, go and, you know, put, make the list more... Um, um, related to, you know, your budget, what you can pay. Number seven, what's extremely important is the, the health system. Um, some countries, I've just mentioned Portugal, for example, they have good public health system, but also health insurance is available there. And costs like to see a doctor could be something between four, six, seven euros up to like 18 if you're seeing a specialist, something like that. Here in Colombia, for example, uh, I, I, I have private health insurance, which is one of the best in the countries. It's, it's a, one of the benefits of my, of my job. And when I go and see a doctor, it's either fully covered or I pay, you know, less than $10 uh, for the treatment to see a doctor and, and like meds and, and stuff like that. Um, it's not, it, it's really affordable here and it's good quality um, health system of course i'm talking about uh paid health insurance but actually before i came here i didn't know about that but when i came here i i found out that actually the health system the public health system in colombia is is good it's quite good actually even if you you know you don't have no health no paid uh, private health insurance it's actually good uh but yeah so health the health system you don't want to go to the hospital and leave and then have to like pay a thousand dollars for your treatment, you know, so that's extremely important. Also, something that I found is really important, I realized actually that was really important for me when I got here to Colombia, is, an, is access to a big airport, you know, hub, uh, where I could travel to like different countries, different parts of the world, and it's not going to be like a problem to like, you know, take a bus, go to the airport, travel for four or five hours, no. So Bogota has a big international airport. Here I have access to flights to different cities in the U.S., Canada, um, major European cities like uh, Madrid, Barcelona, London, Paris, Berlin, also major or all of, I think, all South American capitals, a lot of cities in Mexico. So... It's something very important because you feel like, I feel like I can go somewhere if something happens. You know, I can go to Brazil 
if there's an emergency there, it's not that far. Um, but I could also visit my friends in North America. I could visit my friends in London. There's a direct flight. Yes, 10 hours, but still there's a direct flight from Bogota to London, Bogota to Madrid, Barcelona. So that is very important. Knowing that, you, uh, and I'm comparing this to when I lived in China, I had to take three flights to get to Brazil. And that was and that sometimes took over 30 hours. So I like to be somewhere that like I know I have easy access to other parts of the world. Number nine is that the more I travel, the more I live in different places, the more I understand the importance of having a support system not far from me. When I say a support system, of course, I have my family, close friends in Brazil. Uh, in my hometown there, I know my support system is there, but at the same time, even though that I, even though I know that I can video call them, I can talk to them, uh, it's easy, it's um, just need good internet connection, it's not the same. It's not the same as having a support system where, wherever you're living. So I, I, I noticed, for example, in China, that the support system I had there were the, 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 the other expats who lived there. And because China is, is, it's not a country where a lot of foreigners go and actually settle down. They go there and that's why, you know, this difference between immigrants, expats, whatever, is like they go there for a period of time and they leave. Th that's... At least 80% of my friends, 90% of the friends are the people that I met there. So the support system I had there were these friends, these other foreigners who lived there from different parts of the world. The problem is that um, a lot of them left in 2019 and due to like, you know, visa restrictions because of their jobs and stuff. Um, actually, if you want to know about that, I think episode number three or four is about my China story. So I, I explained that there um, here in this podcast already. But what I'm saying is, imagine having your support system leaving the country, you know, and that's what I felt in tw what I felt at the end of 2019. And that's one of the main reasons why I decided to leave China in 2020, in the, in, in the beginning of 2020. Um, it's because the support system I had there had left. And and even though I loved the job, money was amazing, I really liked, I really enjoyed living, living in China and everything, having a support system is extremely important when you are in a different country. And how can you choose that? And, and how can you, can you make sure you're going to have that support system when you move to a new country? Well, you got to go. That's it. You're just going to find out after you spend some months there, after you spend a year there. Uh, because of, number one thing is if you speak the language, it's going to be easier for you to meet people and to have this support system, of course. But still, it's a lot about the culture as well. How open are the people? How open you are to meeting new people and making new friends? Um, how you feel like connected to that culture because even if you speak the language it doesn't mean that you're going to be connected to that culture in a way that you would be connected sorry in a way that you are inherently connected to the culture where to the place where you're born 
you know um, even if you don't love your 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 country um, there are roots there so um, I've I've spent bad I've had bad times in China and in Colombia those bad days that I feel like I felt like leaving um, and I realized that the support system that I had in China were the foreigners who were there and I realized the support system that I had here in Colombia apart from two or three Colombians here were my friends in London in the US my my brother in Brazil some some friends in Brazil so that was my support system at the end of the day so uh, but again I have friends here I have I have few people I love you know spending time with but that doesn't mean that they are my you know support system when I'm feeling down and I'm having one of those bad days so that's something very important to think about uh, and number 10 is something I hadn't thought about till a couple of years ago which um, are the taxes you gotta pay so tax I mean yes you gotta think about that you don't want to be taxed twice for example in your country and then the country you're moving to um, or you don't want to be paying more than you think it's fair for for what you're getting you know in that specific country it's really important to do your research and I'm saying this uh, this is coming from someone who hasn't done much research about taxes because uh, even when I moved to China I was never thinking about staying there so that it's a bit different um so but some countries for example I've, I've learned that some countries offer incentives for retirees or for people who are thinking about settling down there for the first five years perhaps first 10 years also there are specific you know taxes for your income from abroad if you're working in that country then it's also different types of taxes passive income like rent and other stuff like that. It's, it is complicated, I know it is, but it's something that you definitely need to look into and study in detail before deciding where to settle down. Um, I found out when I moved out of Brazil, I found out that you gotta communicate, you gotta, you gotta, there's a document, uh, an, an application, a form that you gotta say that you left the country, but it's not only that you left the country, it's like, it's that, there are two different kind of forms like one is that you left but you don't know if you're gonna go back and one is that you left um you know indefinitely and that you're definitely not coming back so it's these small things that you got to do your research and it's do this you know um in detail because that's something very important especially when you're thinking about like long term all in all, I still don't know what I'll do. I still think that I'll have some sleepless nights. Um, but what I know is that there's been a lot of buzz about a global recession coming. Some people say that there's already a global recession. And I think, at least for me, that it's not the time to make, you know, that move or, you know, make some drastic decisions of moving to a different country or deciding to deciding to settle down here in Colombia or, you know, investing in like a long-term um, rental agreement or something. I think now it's time to save some money, analyze, 
uh, you know, how things go. Wait to see how things are going to be in the next six months, uh, the end of this year. And then start planning where to settle down. I think that right now it's not the time to, you know, make that big move, uh, especially because now more specifically, I'm, I'm also talking about Europe here. I was thinking about moving to Portugal, but with everything, not only the conflict there, but like high inflation um, and the forecast, like of, you know, the econ economic um, forecast of Portugal and the European Union as a whole, uh, I don't think it's the right time to move abroad or to decide where to settle down. So I hope this was useful. I hope this was helpful. Uh, I would love to hear your comments. I know this is not an Instagram account where you can just leave your comment below or this is not my YouTube channel. But if you'd like to say something, uh, my email, I'm going to leave my mail here in the comment, uh, in the description of this episode. It's readygohq at gmail.com. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Take care and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. For videos about life in different countries, interviews with expats and travel guides, go to youtube.com forward slash ready go expats.